Welcome back to the New York Gun Guys podcast. My name is John. My name is Taylor. We have Captain Steve at the control panel today. Yes, Captain Steve, welcome aboard. Taylor. Yes. What are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about the uh, wonderful, the amazing, the modern plastic Glock. The plastic Glock. The plastic Glock. <laughs> Polymer, plastic, the you just, wonder gun. You just reminded me, yeah, you just reminded me that back in the day when, like, when these guys, when they were becoming popular, people thought they were, like, totally undetectable. Oh, yeah, they're going to avoid metal detectors. Yeah, I think yeah. it was even, like, a Die Hard movie. It was. That, they yeah. called it, yeah. And they talked about it. They were like, it's totally undetectable. Like, made completely out of plastic. Except oh, porcelain. Slide, I think they said it was made out of porcelain. Yeah, the yeah. slide is metal. The barrel is metal. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, so yeah, totally un- undetectable, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, super, super invisible. But anyway, so yes, we're talking about Glock today. Glock, yeah. Now, this is uh, this is going to be quite an interesting episode because these Glocks are John's guns, and they're actually near him, not near me. And technically, by New York State law, I can't touch them. Yeah, I'm not even sure you could look at them. I don't know. It's, we might have I, to... Can I be in the same room as them in New York? You know, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. You might be in trouble. Oh, crap. <laughs> if you look at them, you all might right. have to pop out your eyeballs. Well, who's ever listening, don't tell King Cuomo yeah. on me, all right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, for this episode, right. I'm not going to be handling any firearms, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to. Uh, but... Right, yeah. In, uh, in New York State, um, if you do not have a pistol permit, you are actually not allowed to even touch... Right. A, uh, a handgun. Right. And I've seen this at gun shops before. Got Somebody goes in and says, hey, I'm getting my pistol permit. I'm thinking about getting it. Can I just see that gun, see how it fits? Right. And they're like, if you don't have a permit, unfortunately, I can't show it to you. That's ridiculous. I know it is. Absolutely ridiculous. I know it is. And I think it's actually a detriment to safety because somebody gets a permit and then they don't have any experience with, with, right. a, with a handgun before. Right. Um, it's interesting that you that you know you brought that up just because, um, you, could you imagine like not like having like the ability to actually hold something before you buy it. It's like getting your driver's license and never driving a car. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's weird. People, people will say like, Oh, well you can touch it. Well, it's, you can't until you have the permit and the permit's not fucking cheap. No, it's not. And it takes a long time. Right. Um, so do you know how much like the permitting is in, uh, in Suffolk County, and not in Suffolk. I'm, I don't live I don't, in Suffolk County. In Suffolk County, I don't think it's really that bad. I, I have it like the application fee is ten dollars. If you know you want to renew, it's ten dollars. It looks like, um, and then uh, amendment fee is five dollars. I'm, I'm assuming every time you add. I thought the like, last time I looked it up because uh, I live in Nassau County. I swear the last time I looked yeah. it up it was like a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, the Nassau one is fingerprints. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The fingerprint fee for Suffolk County is eighty two dollars, yeah. uh, eighty eight dollars. But yeah. looking at um. Nassau County stuff, holy shit, man! Yeah, the pistol license fee alone, just the like fee, two two hundred dollars. Yeah, to get your finger printed, obviously that's eighty seven. That's like probably pretty standard. Yeah, and then going down, if you want to renew, it's two hundred dollars. The uh, I guess if you're a, if you're a dealer, that's an additional charge. If you're a gunsmith, this goes back to our other. Oh yeah, we're yeah, all so gunsmiths. If you're a gunsmith, yeah. So now if you're a gunsmith, <laughs> it's it's seventy five dollars, and then. You know, ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars, ten dollars. You know, it's just all, like a bunch of ridiculous and shit. For so. all of our people living upstate, um, you know, it's it's very different upstate. I know you could have concealed carry in most counties upstate. Things are issued to you by right. a sheriff, possibly. So mm-hmm. this is just in the area we live in, downstate. And um, you know, sometimes we envy you up there. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I heard uh, that in the Carolinas, for example, when you go and you get a pistol permit down there, it's like you walk in on Monday, leave your paperwork, and then by Thursday, they're like, hey, come pick up your stuff. Like, not even, man. 
Not even. So like, it depends. Like, I had family in North Carolina at one point, and the and the permitting that you don't need a permit, you don't need a, a license to buy a gun. You need a permit, mm-hmm. and the county sheriff does the permit. So it's like right. they give you like um, you pay five dollars per permit, and those are right. good for like five years. Yeah, and then you could take that, bring that to the store, and use that in lieu of a forty four seventy three background check, and right. you just take the gun home the same day. Yeah, and literally, it's like ten minutes. You're at the the county courthouse. Getting that those permits from the sheriff, yeah. and then you're you're on your way. Well, I just mean like the the permitting process for them. Oh yeah, that takes like a few days. Yeah, when it's like, like a here cons- it takes like six months to a oh, year. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. On Long Island, it does at least. We could we can make a whole episode bitching and moaning about the process to get a, a permit up here, but more importantly, we have some some beautiful, yeah, guns of black color here. Right. So uh, we're gonna be talking about four Glocks specifically today. Probably really, we'll probably really talk about two. Um, specifically, um, we have three of them here with us today. John so, has uh, three of them here with yeah. him, and so, I'm just an onlooker. Right. Um, all, <laughs> all the guns are safe. We don't even have yeah. ammo in this room no, with us. No all, ammo all the in ammo this room. is is separated. Right. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the 17, the 19, the uh, 26, and the 43X. Yeah. Those are the uh, the four that mm-hmm. I have. Yeah, and I do have some trigger time behind a Glock, just not in New York. Um, out, out of state, I had some trigger time, and I've even shot a full auto Glock, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, how was that? Oh, it was fucking cool. It, sounds fucking it actually cool. jammed halfway through. Like, halfway really? through the mag, I had a stovepipe, and then I had to clear that. And well, I just... mean, like, that was at a machine gun shoot, right? Yeah. I can't imagine how many rounds went through it before that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that thing was used you know, abuse, it's, yeah, man. Yeah, it's probably... So, yeah, probably but that was cool. Well so I could, I could talk a little bit about that when we get to talking, like, the handling. And I, I have shot a 17 and a 26 before, mm-hmm. outside of New York, obviously. Yeah. So I do have some time with them, but right. here I can't manipulate them. Or... Yeah, it's just... It's such a silly thing, you know? I'm, I know. What's the reason? You know, if you're there with someone who is licensed and... You know, you're supervised. It's kind of like I know. It's it's totally dumb. <laughs> I mean, we went down to North Carolina once, and um, I was doing some uh, processing down there, and for uh, for law enforcement, and you could actually go like rent. Yeah. You know, we we yeah, drove we and we we rented them, and you know, I actually went I went once with you down there to, to visit your family, and then I went once down there, and I met, I met up with your brother. Yeah. And uh, we went both both times. We actually went we. You know, we rented them. Which yeah, it was is, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. that day we rented the Glock 17 and the Beretta 92. Yeah, that was that was a fun day. Yeah, shooting the aliens. <laughs> yeah, shooting the aliens and hostages. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway. so John, yeah. tell me a little bit about Glock. Who? How I did mean, it? Who was it that invented it? Kind of. So, Mister Glock, Mister um, Gaston Glock. Yeah, he. Uh, it's it's funny because I was doing a little research on this. And I had no idea this this guy like wasn't a gunmaker at all. Not at all. Not at all. He he actually made curtain rods. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine making curtain rods and then one day being like, I want to make guns. But he didn't start off making guns. He started off making curtain rods, of course, like I just said. And he uh, In Austria. Th- in Austria, yeah. The, so the first thing that he actually went about doing, the, the Austrian army was looking for um, a contractor. Uh, they were looking for a new design for a bayonet that they were going to put on uh, one of their one of their new weapons. Taylor, what was the... What I was think the, it was the Steyr AUG. That's what they I had at the right, time. Yeah. yeah. And um, or Steyr, right? So he he was able to get on the ticket for for like submitting a bid, um, and uh, he he won. He actually had this like cool revolutionary way of making you know the grips and and whatnot is made out of polymer, which of course we all know will go on to be you know one of the main components to a Glock. But he um, yeah, so he he actually won the bid on that, which was which was huge for him. They went on to make um, trench tools and some other stuff for the army, and then. He overheard a couple uh, military officers talking about 
that they're going to be replacing their their sidearm, mm. which I'm not I'm not sure what the sidearm was at the time, but uh, needless to say, they 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 were looking for a replacement. Probably so, some six hour. Yeah, so he um he actually approached the the military officers and said like, hey, you know, this is what I'm looking to do with polymers. You know, it's going to be revolutionary, and they they laughed at him. Yeah, I think at the time the only other company that was doing it was HK. Mm-hmm. With things like the P7 and some other guns, but yeah. it was still very, very new. Right. Um, the polymers back then were very brittle. They weren't. Uh, the processes of injection molding for firearms mm-hmm. was almost non-existent. Right. So he uh, he he pretty much the only the only way he was able to do it is he he got on the bid just because he was an existing contractor, mm-hmm. an existing vendor. So if he had never gotten those other contracts, he wouldn't have wouldn't have even been able to submit a bid for it. Right. But he did. He was able to submit a bid. And um, I have a list of the other companies that he actually beat out. It's it's a, it's amazing because you know as very we know, well he, established right. companies. <clears throat> so he he ended up winning the bid, of course. Let me see what I got here. So he uh, he actually beat out the uh, these firearms and these and these companies. He so he beat out the or the Glock beat out the P7 M8 and the P7 M13. Uh, yeah, H and K. P9s, yeah, from H and K. Wow. Um, the nine two two zero and the P two two six from Sig Sauer, Switzerland. The ninety two SBF from Beretta. Um, Browning High Point was gonna uh, Browning was gonna do a, an updated version of the uh, the high power the high power the uh, FN uh, Herschel was gonna do an updated version of the uh, Browning High Power. Yeah, High Power, not and High then, Point. <laughs> yeah, the High Power, and then uh, GB from uh, Steyr. He already he beat them out. So you have like well established oh, yeah. companies oh, yeah. that that he beat, which I don't know. That's that's pretty. Yeah, that's that pretty is amazing. very revolutionary, especially at the time when you know militaries were coming out of let's just say like the post World War II era of you know they wanted a modern right. semi-automatic. They wanted something that was more combat effective. You know, at the time in the in the eighties, the early eighties, I think mm-hmm. the U.S. adopted the Beretta ninety two, mm-hmm. or like the late seventies, early eighties, and they before that they had the nineteen eleven. That was from World War One. Yeah. You know, so now countries are really starting to revolutionize their their firearms inventory and really looking towards the future. Right. So, so this guy developed this gun. Now, he did in your research. Did he he already had the idea for it? For the uh, for what the Glock itself? Yeah. Um, I, d- I didn't really see if he had like the full like he knew exactly what he was gonna do. Okay, but I he did know to begin with that he was gonna he was gonna do, you know, the polymer okay. the polymer stuff. Um, I, he also made sure that he wanted to. I mean, you know, the um the requirements that the army had were, you know, they give you like a set of requirements mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, he wanted to make sure it was like as simple as possible. Right. You know, um, I think uh, I read that the original Glock had like. I think it was like 38 parts or something like something really low. I, I got to look it up, but I actually might've even been less than that. Um, it pretty much had like, you know, very yeah. little bit going on. So it wasn't a complex weapon right. system at all. And the original Glock. Now, an interesting thing, I don't know if you saw in your research was the original Glock was the Glock 17. Right. Now the Glock's numbering for their farms is not based on a caliber or any yeah. designation. Common on, misconception. Right. It's on the patent number that he has. So right. and because he was an inventor, he had sixteen patents already. Right. The Glock was his seventeenth. So exactly. that's where you get the name from. Exactly. So it was it people it sometimes it just kinda coincides that, you know, a name matches up with uh, a caliber, let's just say. But 
in Glock's case, it was the patent number. And um, originally, the Glock, when it was adopted by the Austrian army, it was given the name the P-80, which uh, that was the military designation for the Glock. And when you look back at the... Actually, when you look back at the original Glock, to compare it to today's Glocks, it almost looks like a toy. Yeah, I mean, you can tell it's an older gun. Oh, yeah. Smooth, plastic grips, very simple right. uh, design. The slide largely remained unchanged. Um well, most, I mean, most of the changes that have come into play have been cosmetic. Right. You know, more ergonomic changes, right, changes in the grips and safety, extending yeah, the safeties right, and right. the mag release. Now, what was revolutionary about Glock safety systems? Because we all know that they're very safe guns, but they don't right. have an external safety. Uh, well, I mean, technically they, they do. Technically. The, the trigger, I mean, the trigger safety is, a uh, that's external. Yeah. They, I, I meant like Glock, in, in this terms of like, like a, a switch button, yeah. or a button. Right. Yeah, so um, I get that question a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, "Oh, where's the safety on a Glock?" Well, it's like, well, there. It's not as simple. It's as on saying. your hand, and it's <laughs> attached. To your I always, palm. I always tell people it's it's right between your eyes. You know, yeah. it's it's your brain. But um, no, there's a, there's three safeties. There's a trigger safety. There's a uh, a drop safety, and there's a firing pin safety. Okay, you know what it's called. Um, the let me just pick one of these up here so Ooh. I can kind of talk about it. Right, I know. So if if you if you have a Glock or you're looking at a Glock um, on the internet or whatever, you can kind of see on the trigger that the the, the trigger has like an extra little like a little piece, yeah. basically. And when you when you depress the trigger, the piece goes up, which then slides inside of the um, the housing, and that allows the, uh, the the trigger mechanism to actually function. Okay. So like a that's, trigger block. Yeah, I guess that would be the best way to best way to do it. Like if you held the trigger to each side of it and you tried to pull the trigger, it won't it's go. not going off. Right. Um, there's a uh, a drop safety inside of the actual firearm where you actually have to pull the trigger, depress the trigger to push the firing pin. I believe they say it's got it's like a sixty percent, and then when you pull the trigger, it pushes it all the way to a hundred percent and then forward. Mm -hmm. So even if you had the firearm and for somehow the firing pin did release, it wouldn't actually have enough force to you know hit the fire uh, hit the um the primer the primer and set the round off okay. then going further than that it has a uh, firing pin block which when you depress the trigger it actually moves that firing pin uh block out of the way of the firing pin allowing the firing pin to go right. forward all the way so um it's a safe gun yeah all the and you know what? it's not like it's an overly complicated it's safe not gun yeah it's not and that's some of the the best designs for you know the ruggedness the durability mm -hmm. of it now, what? So the Glock came into America in the early '80s, I believe you said it was 1980. 88. 88. Okay, 88, right. or the late '80s, excuse me. Um, and at the time, like we said earlier, it, it raised a lot of concerns: plastic guns, untraceable, undetectable. But, yeah. and this was—we're coming off a time in America where it was all wood and steel. You know, if it's not mm -hmm. 1911, if it's not steel, right, right. it's not—you know—it's a—it's a cheap piece of crap, basically. People thought, but. Mm -hmm. Honestly, from like a law enforcement perspective, what like what kind of law enforcement agencies really like jumped on it, or what did they have prior to to a Glock? Let's just say. Oh man, I know. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't know every single one in the right, US. Right. I know that New York City was using revolvers right. and stuff, and it, it, I mean, they were using revolvers pretty much forever. I yeah, mean, they started out obviously. Um, they pretty much were like. Yeah, you can use a revolver, and everyone was pretty much able to choose whatever revolver they wanted. Okay. Um, it started to get standardized, and they went, you know, they used Colt. I think it's like the Colt, the Colt, um, 
uh, it's called like the cult police, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and as it went on, they got into the semi-auto and then eventually they, they got their, got themselves to the Glock. I'm not sure which year they adopted it though. I don't know offhand either. But we find that a majority of law enforcement agencies in the U.S. today use Glocks. I think it's like almost every single it, one of it them. It is. It's a very overwhelming yeah. uh, majority of them. And even even within Glock itself, there was changes. For example, like in the 90s, mm-hmm. they had the 40 Smith & Wesson, right. um, which was a very popular law enforcement round. Mm-hmm. Because, it, um, little anecdote, the FBI wanted something more powerful than what they were using beforehand. So they adopted the 10 millimeter. Mm-hmm. 10 millimeters is a fucking honking cartridge, yeah. right? So they had MP5s made in 10 millimeter. They had handguns <laughs> made in 10 millimeter. Right. It was it was a big deal. Right. And then they realized, wow, this is like way too much. So 40 Smith & Wesson is basically a scaled down 10 millimeter. It's like a shortened 10 millimeter case. A um, little bit bigger than a 9 millimeter, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously width-wise, but right. a shortened 10 millimeter. And then a lot of law enforcement agencies jumped on that because at the time, 9 millimeter wasn't like it was today. They weren't developing all these self-defense rounds. They didn't have plus P really for it. Right. Um, so at the time, 40 Smith West was a big law enforcement. That's why a lot of times you see today police trade-ins, 40 Smith and West. Yeah, right. And they're very popular and they're very cheap. Right. Because a lot of people switch to 9mm, especially in the Glocks. So nowadays, 9mm kind of rules the roost with a lot of things. But yeah. Glock comes in a lot of other calibers. Um, they have a lot of different models. I think you had some of them written down what kind of calibers they come yeah, in. Yeah, so the uh, cartridges that they have listed here, uh, it's 9mm uh, Parabellum, 10mm Auto, 45 ACP, 45 Smith & Wesson, 380 ACP, 357 Sig, uh, 45 Gap, and 22 Long. Yeah, the 22 Long Rifle was a recent, introduce, uh, recent introduction into the U.S. market. Um, and an interesting thing, too, uh, Glock is a worldwide company. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a lot of different caliber options for the international right. market. I was telling John earlier, um, in countries like, for example, Italy and Mexico, where citizens can't have the same calibers as military. So mm-hmm. 9mm isn't allowed there, for example, on a handgun. So what Glock did is they made a, I think it's a 9 by 21 pistol. And um, that's what they sell to the Italian civilians. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, you can they're very rare in the u.s you have to have it imported and it's like a whole thing it's like you know for a serious collector and it has been done recently um but before also they made a 380 internationally a 380 auto that we couldn't get here in the u.s due to import restrictions there's like a point system on Mm. importing guns because they wanted to they didn't want to have cheap saturday night specials imported back in the day Mm -hmm, so they made a point system and it can't have it can't weigh less than this much. It can't be an overall length less than this much. Mm. And, you know, in a, in a certain amount of points equates up to whether or not mm. it can be imported. Right. Yeah. And you said Canada had the same thing. Canada had a weird restriction about barrel length. Mm-hmm. And um, from what I saw, Canada is actually the second largest consumer of Glock after the U.S. Yeah. And um, they actually made, made a specialized... You know, they made a, a new. I'm not sure which one it is, off the top of my head, but they did make a a firearm pretty much just for the Canadian market. Right. You know, and it it, it makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah. Canada's gun laws are always changing. While they don't have a right to bear arms, yeah, they do <laughs> have a, a privilege to bear arms. And we'll recently, well, recently it was changed um, <laughs> after that guy went nuts in Canada, shot a cop, took a car. And, yeah. Yeah. They changed laws banning so-called assault weapons and whatever. And yeah, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> it is. <man>. It, <laughs> it really is. is. So we feel for you up in Canada. Um, but yeah, I mean, just looking at a Glock, 
it it's kind of like the quintessential stereotypical image of a handgun. Let's just say. Well, yeah, I think it's one of the most recognizable handguns. It is. In, it is. Uh, like on the planet at this point. Yeah, no, and even some guys who have a high point call it a Glock forty. You know, like hmm. <laughs> it's just it was a dumb internet video. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we talk about let's just say like the calibers that it comes in, and there's really a, a Glock flavor for everybody. I mean, John, you have a full size seventeen. And then yeah. you also have the 26, which people call the baby Glock. Right. So my um, um, my duty weapon is a Glock 17. Okay. Okay. And uh, it is by far my favorite firearm. Yeah. It just fits so beautifully. Like, it's just the most comfortable thing I've ever held. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I, it sounds weird because you're like, it's just a Glock. Anybody who, who has ever ha- held a gun in their hand that it, like, just fits perfectly in their hand knows what I'm talking about. Mm. I mean, I don't know how you felt when you were down south and you were and you shot. Yeah, I I I happen to agree. I tend to agree that the 17 fits my hands. I got big hands. Yeah, Um, they fit me. It fits me pretty good. Mm -hmm. I've also shot a 26, uh, shot a 19. Right. And the 26 is too small. Like the grip length is too small for me. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's kind of hanging off. The 19 is good, but the 17 for me by far is is the most comfortable. It's definitely the most comfortable. And the um the. The generation that we have, I believe it's a Gen Four, has um, like the uh, uh, the grip, mm-hmm. um, the finger grooves. Yeah, the finger grooves. And the original Glock was just like a smooth. Right, Gen One know, and Gen Two right. were were smooth. Um, <clears throat> Which some people love, but I I also heard that it's uh, when you when your hands start to sweat or it gets wet, it it does kind of move around your hand a lot. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that happen. So I mean, that's not. I mean, that's not too good. Well, so your forty three has a smooth, no finger grooves. It has texture on the frame. But it doesn't have, right. um, and that gun is really thin. I, I haven't shot the forty three, so I, I I can't really comment on it. But it's definitely thinner than a twenty six, and then yeah, you know, the is. standard Glock frames. Right. I mean, if you look at it up against a, a, a twenty six, just hold it up close to me because yeah. I can't I can't touch it. I mean, it. the barrels <laughs> the barrel on the twenty six is a little longer. Yeah. But the um, the grip on the forty three is long. longer. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you kind of you're getting more concealability as far as like barrel length. But less as far as um, grip length. Mm-hmm. The forty three is a single stack mag. Right. So right. Also, one thing that a lot of people like about Glocks is magazine interchangeability. Oh, I love so, that. So yeah. you know, you could have a seventeen, the nineteen, and the twenty six all right. take the same type of magazine. Obviously, yeah. the twenty six mag is shorter. Right. But you could also run a thirty three round extendo in a twenty six if you really just you know <laughs> wanted to be ridiculous. Well, you know what's actually really nice. So. As I said, the uh, the seventeen is my is my duty weapon. Mm-hmm. The twenty six is my off duty weapon. Um, aside from the grip just being like way too small for my hand, I do have a like a pierce grip that I've that I've tried, and it's just it, it's you, you know what the pierce grip is, right? Um, no. Basically, it's an attachment that goes on the bottom of the ten round magazine, and it's just a little like wedge that just comes down, just so oh, your it takes pinky. Up the space? Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't affect like the capacity. But okay. it's like a little piece that just comes down. It, it's pretty much the it changes out the the uh, base plate. Oh, okay. And uh, adds like an extra little piece of grip, so your 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 pinky can can latch on. Okay. Um, it's still it's still not enough, man. Yeah. It's still not enough. You know, and you know what I realized over time because I'm always like, well, you know, why is the why is the 17 feel so good in the hand, and the 26 even with the extended you know grip like not feel as nice. And it's like the 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 back of the grip mm-hmm. where it's like the fleshy part of my hand is. It's like it needs to be, it needs to like have something there to like push down into. Ah, uh, okay. So the 
I don't know. The 17 was just always, it just always felt nicer. I can see that. You know? I can so see that. I was looking for, we were, and this is going back to talking about interchangeability with the mm-hmm. magazines. Um, you know, in the summer, you know, it's it's nice to be able to have the, the 26 and, um, you know, have have the nice concealability um, with the smaller smaller magazine. In the winter, you know, you can you could afford to carry things with whoever that are a little larger right because you're wearing bulkier clothes so mm-hmm. what you can actually get is this thing called an x grip i don't know if you ever heard of it no no so you can because the 26 can take like a 17 mag mm-hmm. for example you can actually get like a little it's like a little rubber piece that goes over the 17 mag slides all the way down and it actually completes the grip oh that's cool yeah so they also have one where you can put an, a 19 mag you know it makes the space for the 19 mag into the 26 and um yeah, it just makes it feel so much better. Oh, that's cool. It really makes it feel so much. It feels like you're holding a 17. Oh, but with the barrel length of a 26, obviously with the right, slide right. Barrel. I mean, it's the same same firearm. It just kind of instead of putting the the 17 mag in there, mm-hmm. which is like substantially longer, and not being able to actually grip it. Right. You have like some extra grip. Now, speaking of the popularity, let's just say of Glock magazines, a lot of firearms take Glock magazines that aren't Glocks. Yeah. It's such a reliable magazine that a lot of companies and a lot of other firearms take these magazines, even though they're not Glocks. Right. Um, a lot of people make AR-15 pistol builds that take mm-hmm. Glock magazines. The Kel-Tec Sub-2000 takes Glock magazines. Um, a lot of a lot of different companies use them because mm-hmm. they are very rugged, reliability uh, reliable magazines. Right. They make a factory 33 rounder for the Glock 18 mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you don't have to worry if it's like some janky aftermarket. It's an actual factory <laughs> Glock. Now the Glock 18 for for if people don't know is Glock's machine pistol. It's a fully automatic Glock, mm-hmm. and it's it looks similar to a 17. It has a selector switch on the outside of the slide. But an interesting thing that people don't know is that dimensionally, internally, the parts aren't interchangeable. The slide can't go on a 17 and vice versa. The frame has different dimensions, um, different the way things attach. So you can't interchange parts between a 17 mm-hmm. or an 18. Um, so if somebody happens to just come across 18 par- parts for an 18, <laughs> which they're very rare in the U.S. I saw one on Gunbroker actually pretty recently, a parts kit for a Glock 18. It was everything minus the frame, and the guy right. wanted like 25 grand for it. Jesus. Which, yeah, they're very rare in the U.S. They were only available to government law enforcement. Um, they didn't really sell to, you know, even manufacturers or dealers. So any Glock 18 that you see out there is actually a real unicorn. Wow. Now, there's no transferable Glock 18s. People always speculated that there were, but they came in after the machine gun registry was closed for private citizens. So um, now what people do is anytime you see like a, a full auto Glock on like mm-hmm. YouTube, it's mostly a conversion of a 17, a 26. Right. And it's actually really, really simple. Um, I'm not going to obviously tell you how, but basically an auto sear for a Glock is just a disc is a manipulation of the disconnector. Mm-hmm. And it's a little dingus that gets attached to the back. It, you, you replace the, the back plate mm-hmm. of the Glock and mm-hmm. slides in. And, um, yeah, you could look up how it's done. It's, it's you know. It's, we don't recommend doing no, it. No, 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 no. And also, um, just the possession of the auto seer in, in itself is a machine gun. Yeah, and I saw that. An unregistered machine gun is right. 10 years in federal pound me in the ass prison. Jesus. <laughs> so. Yeah. So don't go about buying no. the parts. And they're available. Is, the, the crazy thing is they're available from like wish.com and all these Chinese sites. <laughs> um, marketed as an airsoft. But listen, yeah. it's not 
worth it. They're cracking down right. on people. You see news stories all the time that they they intercepted in the mail and they found the guy who was making the guns or mm-hmm. you know selling them. It, yeah, dude, it's not worth it. Yeah, I fired like I said, I fired a full auto Glock. <laughs> yeah, and literally it was two seconds of just you know full auto, and then that was it. It had a shoulder stock though that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. It's yeah, fun, just it's don't cool. go ordering that kind of stuff. Cause <laughs> you might think like, oh, I'll send it to like a mailbox in the middle of nowhere, or mm. and like it's not, it's not it. my address. But it's like, well, they'll just like allow it to go to you, and yeah. then when you go to pick it up, yeah. <laughs> it's game over, and man. It's they'll take you. Really <laughs> screw over things for everybody else that wants yeah. to have a Glock. Of course, of yeah. course. So um, parts. I mean, now even talking about the magazine. Let's and, just say, yeah, I saw there. Are, there's a big after oh my aftermarket God. parts. It's, you know, business going on, and like a lot of people, I don't think realize that it's insane. You yeah. can you it's can really make a Glock cool. into anything you yeah, want. Yeah, it's man. really cool. You could. There's companies that cut the slides, lighten them, customize them. Mm-hmm. They make different serrations. They make porting of the barrels. You yeah. can you could take a 40 Smith and Wesson Glock, change the barrel, and now it's a nine millimeter Glock. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people do when they order these cheap police trading guns they right. take the they take the 40 smith and wesson barrel out put a nine millimeter in put in nine millimeter max because it's dimensionally the same gun yeah, right uh they make gun crafter industries makes a 50 caliber glock 50 gi it's a mm-hmm. pistol round um they make all sorts of extended safeties extended slide releases um you can have people custom stipple the glocks with yeah. like a heat gun or like yeah, a soldering iron yep i mean the There's, world is your oyster if when you it comes to this if shit. you google like custom glock the amount of things that come up it's insane and like the guns are they're just they're like fucking beautiful companies exist solely to customize glocks right and then not not only that but even companies i i don't know (laughs) they have like the polymer 80 like the ghost guns Mm -hmm. they're based off glock design (laughs) so you could take a glock slide (laughs) yeah and put it on a you know a, a polymer 80 Right. A frame and it'll work. So yeah. a lot of companies take the Glock design and adapt things to that. Right. Um, and really it makes it so you can build any kind of gun you want. You know, you could have long barrel Glocks for competition. You could have, mm-hmm. you know, Glocks that are really slim, cut down for concealed carry. Not just like a 26, but you could even take... They make a folding Glock, which is crazy. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know if cool. I really trust that, but... Uh, I mean... Like, what's the point? You're going to take it out, unfold it, it, and then shoot it? Like, I, I see the I see the thought behind it, but to me, it just doesn't. It's a novelty thing. Yeah, I There's think no really way... I, I mean, I don't believe that it's practical in any way. No. Yeah, I, right. I don't. I don't see the benefit of it. <laughs> right, right. It's a. It's an interesting thing. They really, you know, they're trying to, I guess, further the concealability of a firearm, which, you know, good on you, but just just keep it on you, keep it concealed. Right. Right. And um, I I happen to like Glock. Um, just somebody who who has limited experience shooting them, I think they're very good. Um, mm-hmm. very good guns. I think that for defensive use, they're excellent. No oh, yeah. external safeties. As long as it's loaded, it's safe. You could drop it. It's not going right. to go off unintentionally. People, people have said that. I've I've heard this said several times that the Glock is kind of like the the AK the AK forty seven. You know, I've heard that comparison right. too. Like you, you you know it's going to go boom. Yeah, pretty but, much. As we say, it's when you pull the trigger, it's going to go boom. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that as well. Right. Um, it's just a very rugged, robust, yeah. reliable firearm. I mean, people have done tests. You could see, you know, all over the internet. People Torture do, tests. Yeah, man. Like, like people they drop like, them out of airplanes. They drop them. They fucking, they put them in, you know, mud and pick them up and just rack it and fire. I mean, you can't. It says a lot, man. The, it does. The fact that it, that it could do that. And we've also come a long way in handgun development to where we can do that. Right. 
you know, handguns used to be kind of finicky um, back in the day before really the, the modern polymer revolution kind right. of took over. Now, one thing I wanted to ask, John, which a lot of people mm. like myself who don't have a, a handgun license, who don't have handguns, um, you as a law enforcement officer in New York State and pretty right. much anywhere in the country can carry a firearm. Correct. What? How do you feel carrying a Glock? You know, is it comfortable? What models do you prefer to carry out of your you know little stable here? Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on concealed carrying a Glock? Um, well, I think in general everyone should conceal carry if possible. Right. Um, if legal. As far as Glock is concerned, I've only ever carried uh, a Glock. Oh. Um, I will say that I sometimes I forget it's there. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of a bigger dude. Um, so it's not like you can only carry a gun if you're like small, right? You and know, I'm, like a lot of a lot of people who are bigger will say like you know the gun like digs in, right? You, and you I'm surprised you appendix fat. carry. In all honesty, yeah. yeah. Well, this goes back. I mean, I I do carry appendix, which is the most comfortable position for me to carry. And I've tried carrying, you know, on you know on my hip and even a little further back. A lot of people like some people just carry like basically on their back, yeah. Which I don't like at all because you have like it's you can't see it. It's mm-hmm. like you have less control over it. Okay. You know, if somebody, and that's my biggest thing, because it is comfortable back there. Yeah. But I've, I work back there a couple times, and I'm like, damn, you know, like, when I'm in the supermarket, like, standing there looking at something, you, you could it. fucking see it. You know, oh, like, you could yeah. see the imprint sometimes through your shirt, if you're wearing okay. like a thinner shirt, right, in the summer. And there's no there's no way to protect it from somebody just walking up behind you and just taking it out of your holster. I think a good holster, though, will help keep retention on the gun. It, it, but I mean, it can, but that's not... not I mean, even if you have, like, a Serpa holster, right, with, like, so let's say you're carrying outside the waistband, you have the Serpa holster with the, with the little, with the... Finger button. Right. You can, you can look up videos of people walking up to people and just ripping that shit mm. right out. You know, so... I, so you I, carry appendix more just for the actual control of I the I carry firearm. appendix because when I'm in the car, it's easily accessible. When I'm at the store, it's hidden. Mm. You know, if, if, if... The only way someone's really going to see that is if they're standing in front of me and looking at my crotch. Yeah. <laughs> right? And if shit. someone's standing in front of you and looking at your crotch, you're going to fucking notice them, right? Like, if you're standing in front of me and just looking at my dick, I mean, <laughs> you know. Gazing. You're gonna... <laughs> yeah. Maybe sure, I'm just uh... looking at the gun. Is, is that a Glock in well, your pants or are you now, happy to see me? <laughs> maybe a little bit of both, but, but I mean, at that point, it's like now I know you're looking at my firearm, you know? Right. Um, I mean, like, why are you checking right. out my... Uh, exactly. So, uh, that's another thing, you know, and... um. If someone is gonna come reach forward in front of me to grab grab the firearm, sure, like to grab I'm gonna gun. I'm gonna see them a hundred percent. Yeah, you lose. I feel like you lose visibility going to the side. You lose visibility, of course, going to the back. Other people around you can see it. The only way you can see my firearm appendix carried if you're standing right in front of me. Right. One thing I've heard about people carrying like on the small of your back or like they call it like the five o'clock mm-hmm. is one one argument I've heard for that is it offers an it offers you the element of surprise. If, like, let's just say you're standing in front of me. Hey, give me your wallet. I'm going to reach back here, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm going for my wallet. Sure. And then, surprise, it's a gun. Sure. So it's possible. I've, I've heard that argument. Mm-hmm. I guess it largely depends on the person and your right. physical abilities sure. and whatever. So there's pros and cons to carrying in any yeah. position. I, for me, I, appendix carry freaks me out, man. Yep. I don't carry yep. a gun, obviously, but just, like, having that pointed, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, as far as <laughs> to address what you said about, you know, having that element of surprise, yeah. Um, and this kind of goes into, if you go and practice, you should really be practicing, like, draw fire. Right. Okay? When I practice drawing my firearm and, and firing at a target, I am way slower going right. around the side of me to pick up that gun off, 
then off. Then you are just right. Then just front. reaching, you know, because you have to remember if you're concealed carry, not only do you have to get your get to your firearm, that you have to like pick up your shirt or your jacket or whatever you're carrying. So I, I'm a lot faster just going down, picking up the shirt, picking up the gun, yeah. coming up, and you're already like right in front of you, right? You know where your target is, and boom, you, you're good. For me personally, you don't have to bring a gun around all the way around you, which and wave you do it. risk like hitting things. Yeah. Or, you know, not shooting, you know, in stress, you know, right. you might pull that trigger and it, it, you know, for me, when I practice and I've practiced both ways to yeah. see what was best for me, appendix carry every single time is the, is my fastest option and the way that I am the most accurate. Right. And so, when you, when you carry, you, you, you keep around in the chamber. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. definitely. Um, I, I don't see why people wouldn't. Um, I know yeah. it freaks some people out. Right. But honestly, the way a Glock, again, Glock specifically, Right. is designed i think that it yeah. is a, is the best option i mean right i mean look there if you're carrying if if you're going to carry like a 1911 yeah. right with that's got a hammer you, you know? yeah you keep it cocked and locked i mean glocks have been um glocks 1911s have been known to fall out of people's you know holsters yeah. or whatever and go off cuz you know it falls on the hammer and boom you go the the um the Glock isn't going to go off, you know? And like, yeah. when I, yeah. people ask me like, oh, you, you carry, like, where do you, what position you carry? And I tell them appendix, they like, they look at me like I'm nuts. It is a little weird, like for people who don't carry a gun, but for, but for people who carry a gun. Appendix, just so, so everybody knows if you don't already know. Right. Appendix is carrying the gun up forward in front of you, basically pointed straight down at your leg. Like kind of in between your leg and your balls, right? Like where the hip joint is, like right. where your joint is, right? So a lot of people are like, "Well, if it's too far to one side, you can shoot yourself in the balls, and if you shoot yourself too far to the other side, you're gonna shoot yourself in the leg and sever that <laughs> artery, and you're fucking dead." So it's like, which one do you want? Want more? Do you want to die from your leg, or do you want to shoot your balls off? But it's, I mean, with a Glock, man. I mean, like we talked about with the safeties, it's just not gonna happen, right? Modern modern day safeties and modern technology really. It, the the modern approach to safety is much different than yeah. a previous approach to right. safety, and and a mechanical safety isn't the be all end all. No. You know, they could still malfunction, but just I mean, when you really look into the way the Glock is is designed, as far as the internal safeties are concerned, it I mean, it really does seem like it's impossible. I I, I couldn't find anywhere where I, online where I saw a Glock accidentally go off, unless just like you're sitting there and the just trigger. goes off, right? Yeah. And that's one well, thing accidentally, too. Well, accidentally, you know, well, negligence is different. Obviously, yeah. Right. But people always say, oh, I picked up the gun and it went off. No. And that's how the accident happened. No. It's like, you know, in old guns, like single action revolvers right. and right. things, you can make a case for that. Yeah, not with a Glock. Not with a Glock. No. I mean, you have, you pretty much have no choice but for this gun to go off, you have to pull the trigger. Right. The, the, the firing pin block only moves out of the way when you pull the trigger. Right. The drop safety and the way the firing pin works where it's at like 60% gets pushed all the way to 100% and then right. comes forward only can only occur when you're pulling the trigger. And you, when you shoot the gun, you're not going to get it hot enough to have a cook-off. That really only right. happens in like machine guns and other things right. so that there's no way that the round is going to be able to right. go off. Right. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where... As from a from a man standpoint, you know, pointing a gun at your at your balls does yeah. it it does take a little bit of balls, but <laughs> <laughs> but for some people, it's the most effective and yeah, comfortable for me, way to carry. For a me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk because 
just I just know the Glock's not going to go off. Right. You know. Right. So it's not. It's not. I don't ever think about it. I I put it in, and that's the end and of it. Practice you know? is practicing consistently is key to be able to draw that mm-hmm. gun out, have mm-hmm. that trigger control, mm-hmm. and as you bring that gun up on target, right. put your finger on the trigger. Yeah. And and for me, it is the most concealable place for for the firearm. When I carry like you know off to the side or in the uh, around my back, like you could see it. Right. When I put that that 26 in the you know appendix position, it like fucking disappears. Even if even if I'm wearing like a t-shirt, like a t-shirt yeah. or like a super thin um, tank top, it, it disappears. Right. You know. So just there's like a, just a lot of benefits for me personally for that. You know. Right. One one question I wanted to ask was more about let's just say the mentality of carrying a firearm mm-hmm. with you every day, all sure. day. You know, sure. when you leave the house. Yeah. You put that gun on. Yeah. To a lot of people like me who don't carry a gun, but who have obviously right. experience with firearms, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know the mentality, the weight of that responsibility. Right. You know, if you could offer, let's just say, a piece of advice to somebody who is who got their concealed carry, let's just say mm-hmm. in New York State, yeah. or who is a, a, a rookie law enforcement officer, right. or anyone that carries a gun that doesn't right. live in New York, but sure. what what would be like a good piece of advice or a, a thought that you could give to somebody? I mean, with with any firearm, with carrying anything, I mean, there there's a new level of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Um, you you need to. It's not just like you're throwing it on. And you're like anybody who comes up to me, like I got a gun, so fuck them. Like it's not how it works. You know, you need to have you need to be way more level headed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get into disputes with people when you're you road raid disputes. When right. you're, how many? I mean, I've read articles and news stories about people some cops they get into fucking disputes with people driving and they fucking pull their firearm like dude like that's not a good mentality to have for anybody in my opinion the only reason you should pull a firearm is if you're going to use it you should only be pulling a firearm if there's like a threat of deadly force right you know and this kind of goes into as far as the mentality for like a law enforcement officer, it's a little different than like a civilian. Like if you were, if you were carrying, I don't know if I would say to you like intervene in something else, unless someone was obviously actively being like murdered. I wouldn't say to you, like you should intervene. Like road rage, you know, I wouldn't. No, of course not. But I'm saying like, let's say you're standing in line at the grocery store and like someone's robbing the grocery store. I don't know if I would tell you to intervene. Yeah, it, it could get you, you in know, weird liability. Yeah, Unless you, that person starts shooting. That's a different story. You have to then protect right. your life and try Correct. to get get out of there. Correct. You know, and I, I know a lot of gun owners who carry that saying, like, oh, like, when you carry your protect, it's for your own protection and other people protection. I don't know, man. I think from a civilian standpoint, that, that firearm is for your protection right. and, and your family's protection. In very right? limited basis, It's for you to, like, get out of harm's way. There's there's stories about people, like, intervening in, like, right. like a mass shooter situation yeah. or somebody actively shooting. That's different. Or, right. That's different. Somebody stops, a, 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 like, a rape from happening right. or a carjacking. Yeah. You know, you just need to be smart about when you pull that gun out because right. there's consequences that come with even just taking the gun out of the holster. You're, you're talking about like if you just take the gun out of the holster and have it in your hand, and there's like right. not a good enough articulable a reason, yeah. <laughs> reason um, you can be you can be arrested for menacing. Right. You know. So let's just say like for example, you're in line at the supermarket. Right. Guy pulls a gun on the cashier. Right. You're like ten feet away. There's people right. in your way. Yeah. They don't get out of the way fast enough, and that guy doesn't shoot the person right are you gonna are you gonna draw your gun and be like hey people in front of me get down i'm gonna try and shoot that guy you know there's you 
people in their minds want to be a hero. They want to yeah. do the good thing. They want to right. do the right thing. But sometimes the right thing mm-hmm. is honestly, you know, getting the fuck out of there. Right. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it's hard to say. And every situation is different. I'm and not are you sit confident here. enough and capable enough to maybe take that shot right. under stress, under right. pressure? Right. You know, yeah. there's stories like that guy who shot up that church mm-hmm. in, in Texas. The, yep. the, the neighbor from across the street had an AR and right. he took him out. Or that FBI agent that shot that guy who brought a shotgun to church. Mm-hmm. That church killed two people and that guy took him out from across a room. I saw that oh video. Oh my God, that was amazing. <clears throat> the guy, and you know what's crazy though about that? Because he shot... He shot somebody, somebody who, was who, was, who was who was going to draw and their he weapon. Hesitated. And he was so slow. And that's another thing. Right. Like you have to be competent with your with your firearm. Right. You 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 need to like practice with it. Right. You need to if you're gonna carry a firearm, you need to carry every single day. Right. Um. It's just that's like a if you ask anybody who carries a firearm, that's the first thing they will tell you is you need to carry every single day. Um. Just so you know, you're you're fluent with it, right? Like if that person in that church, I mean, we weren't there. He was an old. It looked like he was an older gentleman. Yeah, he he older, might have just been like slow because he's yeah, older. Yeah. Well, he was hesitant. He was trying to talk to the guy, and he was drawing his gun out slowly, and right. the guy raised a shotgun and just and blasted that's him. It. Yeah. And then that's when the other right. guy shot him from across the right. church, which yeah. was an amazing shot. Right. And I think everybody should should be able to carry. Yeah. You know, like if you go down to Texas, everyone everyone has a gun there. Mm. You know, and and very likely that per, that the man who shot the guy with the shotgun saved a lot of people's oh, lives. Oh, he man. did. He did. Because that guy already killed two people. Right. And you think he was going to stop? Absolutely not. No way. No way. So he saved a lot of people's lives. and So that mentality of, hey, something is going on. I need to do something. I can do something. Right. And it's the right thing to do. Right. Obviously, it's a lot to think about in like yeah. half a second. Of course. But and then it's different for law enforcement exactly. because, you know, law enforcement... Can it could be argued that they have like a higher a higher duty to intervene right. and do and do certain. It's more things. appropriate for a law enforcement officer right. to intervene. Let's just right. say because right. they're, you're never really off the job. So, so yeah, to speak. they say you're you know you're never you're never exactly off duty. Um, so if like if you are at, at the supermarket and you are witnessing a robbery and you pull your gun, you know you can effectively arrest that person. Right. You know, or if uh, hopefully not, but unfortunately, if that person turns around with that firearm, you can fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Um, and you have to think if that scary, guy man. shoots at you before you get a shot off, are you going right. to be hit? Is somebody around you going right. to be hit? You got to be very, very, very oh, careful because you could read about people using their firearm in, in self-defense and like people around yeah, the, the, the perp get shot and very like injured for the rest of their, or, you know, have injuries that affect the rest of their lives or kill them. And, right. You know, it's, it's, it's scary. It is. It is a very scary thing, and it's a very heavy responsibility. And we hope that anybody listening who conceals carries a firearm, carries a firearm, law enforcement, civilians, that they really think about it, yeah. get training. Right. You know, I, I don't carry a rifle every day, so right. I don't right. have to, you know, worry yeah. about, hey, am I going to shoot somebody with my rifle today? No, but if yeah. you carry I mean, a handgun every yeah. day. It's, it's definitely, you know, to be a little cliche, it, uh, there is like some weight that comes mm. along with it, right? There is like, damn, like I, I have this thing on me that you know, can kill somebody. Yeah, you know, and that's what a gun is, right? You know, and there's no dancing around. Right, that, it's man. not like uh, it's not a light topic. I mean, it's something that you need to realize. Like, there's certain things you can't do. Like, don't you know? You can't, like I said before, you can't be getting into disputes with people. Oh right? yeah, road rage disputes. You can't be going out and drinking with your firearm. <laughs> there was an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah. now, you, you know the video. Yeah, There's FBI agent. Dancing. Dude, like he goes he goes to a club. Yeah. He, he's drinking and he's fucking doing break like dancing. dancing on the floor and his gun falls out of his fucking his holster. Yeah. And then he goes to grab it and it goes off. Yeah. Dude, these are FBI agents, man. Like they're supposed yeah. to be like the the best law enforcement officers in the world. 
Yep. <laughs> Alcohol makes you do some dumb things. Yeah, so like, don't don't do dumb shit. No. Um, no. It's it's just crazy. But I I'm very much for for carrying. I know right. I have a, a friend of mine uh, just recently posted on um, on Instagram that he was uh, he was driving on like a, a main road around here. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna you know say the name of the road, whatever. He was uh, driving and he got into a road rage incident with somebody. He kind of like. Um, he was driving and 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 somebody pulled up next to him and he, they pulled a gun on him. Oh shit. And like both of their windows were down and the guy said you that he was driving too slowly. And so he pulled a gun on him. Pulled a gun on him, man. This this kid's trustworthy like yeah, but if what, it happened it happened. So what do you do? He just like he I mean he doesn't carry. Right. He, he doesn't have the right to carry a firearm. So the guy pulled a gun state. on him. Did he just like did the, did your friend just try to get the fuck out of there? Did he try and speed away or did he just like hey man like chill? I it was like they were like they got to like a red light. And oh, he shit. was like, he rolled down his window and he fucking pulled the gun on him and pointed at him and he's, you know, they exchanged words. Like, yeah. that that's scary, man. That is. You that know, is like, scary. It, it's like, I I don't know if the person who pulled the gun obviously was a legal firearm owner. I'm, I'm going to beg to say no. no. Right. Uh, most, um, I would have to say like 99% of legal gun owners aren't pulling their firearm on people. No. And I mean, it happens, but. It does. Right. It does happen, but. You know, in that type of situation, like, you know, honestly, like, let's just say that was me. Right. And I, I didn't provoke the guy. He pulled a gun. I'd try and get the fuck out of there of as course. soon as possible. Run of that course. red light. You know, get the fuck out of there. Because mm-hmm. that is not something I want to be right. faced with. Right. And, and honestly, you know what? Even if I had a gun on me, I don't know if I can get my gun out in time and then well, shoot him. I mean. On, right. It depends on how you carry, exactly. where you carry. And, and would I be even justified in Yeah, you would that. be justified. You know? Uh, someone's pointing a gun at you, my man. You're, du- you're justified. Yeah. Well, New York, remember. Eh. No, 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 no. You're just. I mean, mm. what do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do? No, I know. But let's just say even in New York, like if you have a Target or the sportsman's license, and let's just say you're going to oh, the range. Oh, well, yeah. And well, you're carrying that as gun long on as you. Within the, within the uh, you know, specifications of your license, you should be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, living in New but York, but you better bro. have been going to the range. That's yeah. all I gotta say, bro. You better not be driving like right. somewhere else. And you know, oh yeah, I was going. To, you know, yeah, no, because no, going to the range. Well, yeah. then why are you heading they will give the you, Bronx? They you will know? take every opportunity to shove it right up your ass. Oh, I know, and I have no doubt about that, oh, yeah. especially with something like that. Oh yeah, big big time. So big time, man. And I I happen to think that, like you said, people who can carry should carry every day. Absolutely. For the, for the people like me who can't. Absolutely. Say, living here. Um, now you, you obviously have a lot of Glocks getting back to like Glock now, cause sure. we were talking about the handgun, the mentality of a handgun, mm-hmm. how you carry a handgun, right. you know, you know, are Glocks like expensive? Are they, um, are they easily to get? Are they easy to get? Yeah, of course. I mean, as long as you have all the proper, you know, right. paperwork that you need. Right. Um, if you're law enforcement, Glock offers a really cool, like blue label special or blue line special, whatever they call it. Where you get a discount on it? Okay. So is I bought, it a significant discount? Well, I bought my twenty six with night sights, with tax, everything. It came to less than five hundred dollars. It was like four ninety five. Um, when a base level twenty six without night night sights is going to be over five hundred dollars. So yeah, you do save a significant amount of money. Okay. I mean, that's for law enforcement side. A, a lot of and a lot of companies give right. give discounts for law enforcement. I I would you're definitely going to be well under the thousand dollar mark. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. Like 100%. You know what? So, you get a Glock, you get a case of ammo and a couple of spare mags, and you're... You're good. Yeah, I mean, and the good. Glock comes with, like, three mags, I think. Yeah, it does. It comes with uh, one that's that comes, like, already in, in the firearm and then two extra. So, I mean, honestly, all you really need at the end of the day is 
going by one Glock and mm-hmm. you're good. And, um, like I said, for me personally, I, I, I do carry the 26 every day. Um, and it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's fine. I think that's the concealability is really nice. And as far as like home defense, right. You know, I think, I, I think any Glock is going to do you fine. Now, in your opinion for you, obviously I, I don't have this situation, right. but do you think a handgun is a better self-defense home defense tool than let's just say a shotgun or a rifle? I think that's going to be a person on a person by person basis. Okay. You know, um, I would prefer a handgun. It's just the way you can move with a handgun through your house if you need to is a lot different than the way you would move with a a long arm with a long you know, a long gun. Yeah. So you could have this gun, you know, sooled up right into you, and then, um, you know, come right out and shoot that gun, opposed to bringing up. You know, a rifle all the way from pointing at the ground or like a low ready. Yeah, and then you know, people will say like, "Oh, well, you can just walk around with the with the rifle like out and ready." Well, yeah, like try turning corners with (laughs) you know with a fully extended like long gun. Right. You don't also want to point like there's been tragic stories of a teenager coming home late at night trying to sneak in his house to not have his parents know that he was out and then getting shot by his parents and yeah. You know, so proper firearms handling, proper target identification. Of course. Having, a having let's just say, a flashlight yeah. on your weapon. And you're, you're also going to want a, a firearm that's easy to use. Yes. Because when you, like, you know, if you wake up, you're drowsy. You're not seeing things the right way. Right. You're, you got sleep in your eyes. You know, you hear a bump at the night or glass break. You just need something that you can grab. Pick up. Grab, and you know that, okay, I have my firearm in my hand. I don't have to worry about a safety. I don't have to worry about anything. It's just about, you know, having proper discipline for your trigger not right. having your finger on the trigger like an asshole right and then like just like slowly if you if you feel like you need to right clear your house you know situation obviously depends. right i mean if you it's clear you hear somebody and this you know in new york we don't have um stand your ground no right so you need to be able to explain why you didn't you have like a duty to retreat right exactly right. so um if you hear somebody if you're upstairs in your bedroom and you hear somebody downstairs going through your shit, right. you you can't go downstairs and shoot this person. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're you'll be subject to because you to actively went to them. Right now, you if they come upstairs and they come in your bedroom different and story. you don't have a way to get out of your bedroom. Right, different story. Exactly. Right, and I mean, at the end of the day, will you be charged uh, or convicted? Probably, probably not. But John, I, why didn't you just tase him? Yeah, well, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. I sent man. you a video yesterday of the guy. He was waving a knife in an office, and it was recent too, because yeah. everyone was wearing masks. He was waving like a machete. Yeah, cop tasered him. I think the guy faked it, and then when the cop got close, he like yeah, sprang he up and up. just yep. started hacking yep. him. And then, well, if you look at what's happening in Pennsylvania right now, I forget where it was. It oh, Lancaster. Uh, yeah, somewhere over there in like Amish country. Yeah. Oh God, dude. The, the it, you know it was it was a white officer. And it was a a, a black suspect mm-hmm. going to a domestic violence call, which I I, I it, those are the some of the most dangerous calls you can go to as a law enforcement agent, uh, a law enforcement officer, just because the emotions can can swing. You know, like you're dealing with people who are going through something where they think it's the end of the world, right? You know, so Love life, kids, right? Yeah, it's I mean it's a big deal for people, and it strikes it strikes a nerve. So this officer approached um, the building, and um, subject comes out of the out of the out of the house and starts swinging a knife at the officer uh, what are you supposed to do so the officer shoots the guy guy you know guy unfortunately passes away and we have riots and knives are scary man because 
People Not, don't think the knives can kill you oh, quick. Oh, they could fucking you. You get you could get stabbed forty times with a knife before you even know what happened. They say the absolute minimum distance that somebody could be with a knife that they could run to you. By the time that you draw your, as a as a cop, so yeah. not like you're you know you're carrying out you know out the waistband you know, um, the the minimum distance is twenty one feet. In twenty one feet, they have enough time. You have just enough time to pull your gun, draw it, and fire it before that person gets to you and can stab you. Twenty one yeah. feet is not very far at all. You you lay out twenty one feet on the ground and you'll shit your you'll shit yourself right. saying like holy shit like that's how close the person is, right. you know it's. They can you can close distance really fucking quick. You can, especially if that person really wants to do something to you. Right, and unfortunately, when things like drugs are involved and stuff like that, I mean, people might not go down on that first no. round. You know, um, tasers. A lot of people make the argument like, "Oh, you should have used a taser first, or you should have used pepper spray." Uh, pepper spray. Some pepper sprays don't work on people. They're just immune to it. We learn about it. You know, if you're a law enforcement officer, you'll learn about it. Um, sometimes you're just not susceptible to the. To the, to, to the spray. Yeah. Um, tasers, for those of you who don't know, two barbs come out of a taser. If you miss one barb, it, you know, one shoots straight out and the other one shoots down at an angle. Right. If you miss one barb, it it's not working. Right. Then you have Do to you physically wanna... go up to him and, and press that taser on him. Right. And then you're if the guy has a knife, as seen right. in that video. The, the main thing is you don't have enough time to try an option before deadly force exactly. when you're dealing with a deadly force incident. You just you just don't have enough time, and exactly. that's what a lot of people don't realize. And it's not it's it's not their fault that they don't know to begin with, right. but it is their fault that they don't care to learn. Exactly, you know, in my opinion. Exactly, and I think a handgun really, like you said, is is the best tool for that because, like you said, the way you can carry a handgun, the way you can kind of have it ready right. in a safe right. way, right? But then use it when you need to is very different than a rifle, very right. different than a shotgun. Right. It's just a different tool for whatever, you know. But what's nice about a handgun is you could you could be fully extended with with your hands and you can come back to like a high ready, mm-hmm. you know, and you could still fire that gun at high ready and right. be accurate. Right. You know, or if you have time you can p- punch that gun back out. Right. You can't do that with a rifle. Right. You know. And I think that's what you know, one of the things that make make it super effective for obviously carrying every day, but also like home defense and stuff like that. Like, you you have a lot of options as far as what you can, how you can move around. Yeah, yeah. So with with the Glocks specifically, um, like we said, they're very customizable. Mm-hmm. You can add lights, lasers. You can really make it your own for whatever intended purpose you you right. need. Right. Um, and they are made in America. They have a, a facility in Georgia, mm-hmm. so which you can go and get like free parts from if like your Glock. Yeah. they'll you can go and they'll they'll um, replace like, all inspect the it. They'll, parts. Yeah, they'll look it over and be like, okay, we need a new spring here, here. And I don't think they charge you for it. Right? No, no, it's it's they, like you have like free incredible parts. Incredible customer <laughs> yeah. service, incredible warranty. They really stand behind their product, um, and it's it's actually kind of cool. Me working in aviation, they actually have a couple of different private jets, and you see like a like a Bombardier oh, Global, Glock. yeah, yeah the with Glock the Glock jet. logo yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, I've seen them; they're cool as hell, man. <laughs> yeah, they are. They really are. I I just think that's awesome. They just put themselves out there. Hey, we're Glock. We don't yeah. compromise. We don't, right. you know, we don't give a shit if you don't like us or not. Yeah, like, I mean, it's such a crazy story too. Going back, just 
This uh, guy, this guy, fucking makes kern rounds, dude. He makes well, the, ir- rounds. the ironic part about it is uh, comparing it to like a Kalashnikov. Mm-hmm. You know, Kalashnikov wasn't a firearms designer. He mm-hmm. was in a he was a tank crewman who yeah. got injured in the war, right. and he he was actually working, I think, on like farm equipment or tractors mm-hmm. or tanks, mm-hmm. and he. Started designing guns when it's he amazing, was injured. Man. It's amazing. It sometimes you, you you take a person who's outside of an already existing world, and right. they bring in a fresh spin. They bring yeah. in a, a a different approach to things, and that's yep. really what revolutionizes an industry. Right. Um. So in Glock's case, you know, hey, we make things out of plastic. They're really durable. They're really great. Right. And everyone's like, well, if it's not wood and steel, we don't want it. He's like, well, hold mm, up, yeah, time well. out, time out. <laughs> give it a chance. Give it a chance. Let's let's give it a whirl here. And then he beat out HK, Sig, Steyr. You know. Um, and I think now that paved the way for pretty much any modern semi-automatic is a polymer framed firearm. You know, the Smith & Wesson mm-hmm. M&P Shield, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. another popular yeah. gun. Right. Um, the the Spring, uh, Springfield XD, which mm-hmm. is I think actually a Croatian gun that's mm-hmm. imported. Um, really a lot of these modern semi-automatic combat defensive type handguns are a polymer frame. What uh, What's your favorite clock? Do you have a favorite? I don't know. Um, I know you don't have like a, a, a crazy amount of experience with it, but I, I like the converted full autos Glock seventeen. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know. no, but honestly, out of the Glocks, like I said, I've, I've right. shot the seventeen, the nineteen, and the twenty six. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I happen to think the seventeen fits me best. Yeah, uh, fits my hand the best. Um, I think it it's the best of like. I mean, I I obviously don't conceal carry, so I you know this is just merely me. Just That's out hard. Of range. That I I have. Concealed carry that one is very difficult. Yeah, and even the FBI now they use the Glock 19M, mm-hmm. um, which is you know their their standard service pistol now. Now does everybody get that? Um, yeah. They don't have a choice, right? No, I don't believe. I know so. with the with the city you have a, have a choice between the 17, the 19, and a Sig. Yeah, I think theirs is just the 19. Yeah, and it's a nine millimeter, obviously. Yeah, right. But they the FBI, you know, they made a, a model just for them. And the one thing though, getting into federal adoption, the one thing I was really disheartened to see was that Glock lost out the U.S. military contract mm-hmm. to Sig Sauer. Mm-hmm. The Sig Sauer, in my opinion, isn't as good of a gun. Yeah, than the Glock, the, the Glock. Right. I mean, they wanted a modular system where a trigger group can be changed out in one mm-hmm. continued, and Glock's like, we don't do that. Like, right, right. We've been doing this for this long, right. and everybody uses our guns. Right. Well, that's... it's. And it's then the fun- SIG had, the, had the hammer issue where the gun would just go off, it would yeah. drop, and then Glock's yeah. like, ha, we don't have that. <laughs> well, it's funny that you bring up trigger because, in the, and we didn't talk about this, but in, in the city, the city cops have to deal with uh, a 12-pound trigger. Oh, yeah. So the... the how, is, how is shooting that? The Glock comes standard um as a five pound trigger pull right i think so yeah i'm pretty sure it's five pounds which is really nice and light the 12 pounds it's not bad no it's not bad at all i heard you it's more of a deliberate you have to really deliberately pull that like you yeah. can't just like you do pussyfoot it basically like if you pretty go much. to shoot you have to just make one smooth motion that's what i've heard yeah i mean you have to want to pull the trigger right right um i've heard people Friends of mine say like you can't hit anything with a twelve pound trigger, but when I go to the range, I'm like balls on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, accurate as hell. Well, that's also people that have never shot it, don't right. have any experience right. reading. They what just they read what they see, they see on the online, internet. Right? Yeah. So I'm gonna say if if anyone out there is is should talk on the twelve pound trigger pull, is it ideal? No. You know, do do does everybody in, want it? No. But if you're forced to have it, make the best. Dude, of it's it. not impossible. It's not impossible at all, you know. Right. So, um, that's that's another thing. And and I heard some rumors that they might be getting rid of the twelve pound trigger pull requirements soon, because uh-huh. you know a lot of 
it it can be hard to pull if you're a female or if you have just like a you know weak weak hands and and stuff it can people do fail for that mm. you know so it, that can be an issue for them but um, most people most people have no problem passing but I, I will say if you don't if you don't practice with with your firearm right. pulling that 12 pound trigger pull can sway your your aim like you need to you need to be you need to practice with it. It's just what it is. Right. And does it really... I mean, they say it prevents people from just shooting accidentally or willy-nilly. Eh. But, I mean, with a Glock, for example, regardless of the trigger pull, like, if you go to pull that trigger, five pounds isn't really, like... It, it's it's not like people think it is where it's a hair trigger. You have to... There's take-up, there's a wall, and then you push mm-hmm. through that wall. Right. So, there's a deliberate I would, motion. I would say that just, just you know, the... Um, the take up is kind of the same right you know and then but once you get to the actual pulling of the actual trigger then you can feel a difference yeah Yeah. you know you have to want to pull the trigger and i think that that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. they want you to they want to know like yeah you meant to pull that trigger Mm -hmm. but you know like i said you as everybody should be practicing with their firearms especially if you're going to carry every single day you should be practicing and um that's how you're going to get better with whatever trigger pull it is. The The only problem that I see is that I have, you know, standard Glocks and I have my duty weapon having a different trigger. It's mm. kind of like you really can't, you really can't shoot. You can shoot other Glocks, but you can't like focus. Like if I wanted to go out and shoot my 19, my 19 has a five pound trigger pull. It's not my duty weapon. So now if I get used to shooting the five pound trigger, and then I go back to my duty weapon, I notice a big difference, and it could affect the way I fire my gun. Right. So, yeah, it matters a little bit. I honestly think also in a in a self-defense or an emergency situation mm-hmm. that you're not going to be focusing on how much a trigger weighs. You're just right. going to be press, press, right. press. Right. And as long as you have consistent finger placement, you know, practicing. Yeah. I mean, look, cops, uh, cops aren't necessarily a good shot anyway. That's why I think instead of uh, clocks or rather handguns, everyone needs a Mosin. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. Um, did, have you? Did you? I see, know that was a dumb. No, no, no. I always joke with John. I'm like, oh, me. yeah. Um, did you see um, the HBO show Chernobyl? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, at one point when they're like hunting the, the animals, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, are those Mosins? Yeah, they, they are Mosins. They are Mosins. Yeah, they are. He had Mosins. like a hex receiver Mosin. I was like, my god. Yeah, yeah, they had the Mosins and then. Yeah, that was an excellent yeah, show. But I, yeah. I, it's a running joke between yeah. John and I. It's like, oh, you know, just, just bring use a Mosin. Mosin. Yeah, for like civil, Mosin. Un, civil unrest. <laughs> just bring and a Mosin. In the future, we are going to do a Mosin episode. Yeah, and that's one to. I'm very looking forward to because <laughs> I, I have a few different Mosins. Yeah. And I can't wait to bring them in and, and kind of talk about them. But, yeah. Um, I think for this, John, we pretty much covered... Uh, Pretty much everything about Glock. I think so. Do you have any other? Do you have any questions as far as like law enforcement? I mean, no. we're going to go a little over, but it's not. I mean, it's not a big deal. No, I I just happen to think, like I said, just from from a, a defensive handgun yeah. perspective, a Glock is is probably arguably the best yeah, out there. I think so. Um, I think that in terms of revolutionizing the, the world of handgunning, Glock definitely took that to a new right. level. Hundred percent. Pretty much everybody today copies glock in some way or another mm-hmm. you know striker fired polymer yeah, frame right. i mean pistol. there was a company that pretty much copied them almost exactly right and they have to pay a royalty i forgot what the shit oh, i forgot man. off the top of my head i know you guys can look it up yeah i, I remember they, hearing glock won a lawsuit with them and they have to pay them like a royalty fee per gun sold yeah yeah because it's just like if you look at the the internals of the slide it looks 
identical. identical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it's a straight like. Well, in the firearm world, copy. in the firearm world, there's a lot of copying and adaptations right. or or changing things. And you know, honestly, that's why I'm surprised a lot of these companies today, like the Polymer 80s and these companies that make mm-hmm. aftermarket frames or aftermarket slides for Glock, right. you know, don't have any sort of patent infringement. Right. But I guess right. it might be like an upgrade or a. Uh, something so there's different patent law that covers like improvements or yeah, something it probably just i mean i can't like in in glock's sense yeah they uh I, but i think glock was also glock was also worried about their image because when glock started coming around they started being put into a lot of like, like rap, rap songs yeah. and stuff like that um what i saw was that they were they were trying to they were like actively suing um production companies and whatnot um for using their for using them because what they were actually really worried about was Glock becoming like a synonymous term for pistol. Oh, like you know Xerox. Yeah, like Xerox is a company, but what do we call? It? We call it Xerox. Huh. So they were really concerned about someone saying like, "Oh, we could go get your Glock." But it's like a 1911, you know, <laughs> which you pretty much lose your brand identity right. when that happens. Well, I also think it's that like happens. Tylenol. You know, Tylenol. Tylenol is the name of a company, but everyone calls painkillers tylenol you know i happen to think that actually that might not be such a bad thing if everyone calls a pistol a glock yeah but then they have but glock has would then have no control over how the glock name is used because you could Mm. say you could put in 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 a fucking on a website you get your glock and it's a fucking 1911 you know nothing to do with glock yeah they trademark the name they want to protect that right um yeah i just like i said i happen to think the great guns i happen to think that like you said i agree that they are kind of like the ak of the they're like the AK of the gun world of reliability, but they're like the AR in terms of customization. Yeah. Um, there's some really cool stuff out yeah. there. I mean, people turn Glocks and they look like, they like customize them and they look like toys, which yeah. can be very dangerous. Oh, like, be. I don't recommend like walking around with one. With like a pink but if, or a yellow or... Well, no, they like, you know, like the Ness like system like the oh NES, yeah like, yes oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the uh I think you can that's get cool them as shit. it is dude yeah. it's fucking so yeah, cool duck hunt. I, would, yeah. <laughs> I mean i don't think i would ever like i don't know if i would ever fire it because it just looks so nice yeah. but i don't think i have that kind of disposable income either <laughs> if i were to have if i were to have one but um yeah i i just think that we're, we we should talk more about handguns in the future it's just kind of hard because john here has a handgun permit but he really only has Glocks. Um, yeah. Maybe I if I Glocks. could get some friends who might have some other things, bring them in, talk about mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. in terms and of that. As far as Glocks, I only have four. Right. You know, it's and, like and really, collection. I only, I really only have two because like one's the duty, my duty weapon. And like, that's given to me, you know, and then I, I, I want to carry off duty. And my only option, there's only a few options you have from, from my agency. And so, right. I could carry my full size 17, but it's, you know, that's not really concealable so that's why i have the 26 and i went out and i bought the 19 and the 43 for you know to bring to the range and we could talk about we could talk about other handguns but i without them being here i feel like it kind of oh yeah without having the experience right like i i could tell you i could read stuff off wikipedia about an hkp7 but you know i don't have one i've never shot one yeah right that's not my place you know you could watch a forgotten weapons video on it we'll have to get some you know maybe i'll go out and yeah, Maybe. spend some money, you cheap bastard. God. Yeah, well, it's easier said than done. All right, that's why I just like Mosin. <laughs> yeah. Get a Mosin, bro. Yeah, Should've we could have, have a Mosin pistol. Uh, Mosin. God, Mosin no. pistol? You want to break your fucking <laughs> your yeah, wrist? The, the Obrez. The Obrez pistol. The Russian. Oh, my God, dude. All right, John. All right. Good Taylor. talk, man. As always, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for tuning in. Thanks.
Hey everyone, thank you for listening to today's episode at the NY Gun Guys podcast. We do release a new episode every Monday. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at NY Gun Guys. Please give us a like, a follow, and a share. If you have any feedback or a suggestion for our future episode, definitely send us an email at info at nyguns.com. We'll see you next time. Be safe out there.